0: When we talk about equity, when we talk about guided pathways, when we talk about helping our students move up the socioeconomic ladder, all those things really come back to one thing and it's community, right? And that's the bare bones of what a community college is.
1: The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future?
2: Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi,
1: producer and co-host of this podcast. And we
2: are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us you, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community
1: as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barcy. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Today's episode features Dr. Laura Ramirez, Assistant Superintendent and Vice President at Pasadena City College. And today, we take a glimpse into her thoughts and projections around removing barriers for students and so much more. Listen in for some insight on how PCC is connecting across departments in an effort to meet students' needs and create more opportunities as we navigate new territory post-pandemic. Enjoy.
2: Welcome back to the Future of Work podcast. I am your host, Salvatrice Kumo with Pasadena City College. Today I have with me our newest member of the PCC family, Dr. Laura Ramirez, Vice President of Instruction. Laura, welcome.
0: Hello, well thank you. Thank you for the welcome. It's been wonderful the first couple of weeks here at Pasadena, still getting to know people. It's it's kind of uh, difficult in a pandemic, but I've had a very warm welcome. So thank you for inviting me to the podcast as well.
2: We're very fortunate to have you onboarded here at Pasadena City College and And many of us, just like myself, are excited to collaborate, to really amplify our efforts around workforce development. So thank you, thank you for choosing us, really, uh, choosing PCC as your next Mm -hmm. family. (laughs) You know, I wanted to get into a little bit about your role sometimes you know i get asked that question sometimes off you know actually often you know what does it really mean to be an executive director of economic workforce development what does it really mean to be you know a vice president of instruction and you come to us with such incredible experiences around this work and i think there's lots of folks out there that are really interested in hearing from you about really, you know, your role here, and 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 what you know, what is your purview as assistant superintendent and vice president for Pasadena City College? So I think my
0: my work um, in the area of instruction is really to ensure that, regardless of the modality of where and when, and who our student is, that Pasadena City College is putting its best foot forward, and making sure that we offer the best high quality instruction that we can. And that includes not only for our liberal arts and transfer programs, but also for our workforce programs, our CTE programs, our career technical ed. That's where I think we have the ability to make the biggest impact in our local communities is providing students of every background, age, whatever time in their life they may be in, whether they're still in high school, right out of high school, or they're coming back to be trained or retrained to be successful in the workforce. And so my role as Vice President of Instruction is to provide the tools, the platform that our faculty need, that the community needs to make it happen. So bringing people together is really important. Uh, providing the tools to let faculty be creative, to work with their, you know, with their deans to be creative in how they develop and implement new curriculum, how they meet the demands. In this case, if we're talking about workforce, of what the workforce needs today and tomorrow.
2: Right, right. and And sometimes we get really kind of caught up in the weeds of what that might look like. But I think as as administrators, we really kind of take a look at the landscape of what we're, we're trying to achieve here and pulling together and collaborating. And to your point, I think, you know, we as a Office of Economic and Workforce Development, you know, as your collaborator on some of these things, you know, when we, when you talked about the tools and the resources, are you specifically looking at funding or, you know, what perhaps tools and resources might you need to provide to the faculty and the deans. Because, you know, we do have employers out there that are listening to the podcast. And so perhaps there might be an ask for the employers as it relates to providing these, you know, wraparound kind of resources for our deans and our faculty to create instruction and, and, and have instruction that is meeting the current demands of our of, of the labor market information or, or specific industries and allowing that space for creativity, as you mentioned, feeding back to what you're calling, you know, high quality instruction. What might that look like for, for us as a as a division to help you kind of push this along a little bit? How could we be of help? So what I see the Office of Economic
0: and Workforce Development providing is to do an assessment of what are the needs of the local and regional workforce. Bringing the college closer to business and industry leaders to talk about what the future holds. So it could be something on a small level, right? Or on an on individual uh, basis. So an example would be, I did some work a while back with nurses in the county of LA who are working with the deaf community. And so what I was able to do is connect them with our ASL faculty. We developed a short-term, one-semester training for nurses to learn some basic sign language so that they can communicate with their patients that they were servicing. That's an example of being creative and saying, yeah, we can do that. We can prepare curriculum to meet the needs of a workforce. Something else that we see now more and more is the work of telehealth. So there was a time where we started talking about telehealth in the healthcare industry. And so there was a provider that turned to the community college system to start training their medical assistants, their LVNs, on how to use telehealth to manage patient care. Right now in a pandemic, we probably have the greatest use of that now, right? Because right. people can't leave their home, especially vulnerable people that have right. um, that are health compromised. So that's become even more important. Another example would be the implementation of Obamacare and the use of electronic medical records, right? We have a lot of people in the healthcare field from physicians to nurses, receptionists, health information technologists that needed to learn what an electronic medical record looks like and how to navigate. And so, again, the community college system can turn to support and did turn to be able to train that workforce, not only incumbent but new. So as things start to emerge, I -hmm. think number one is letting our industry partners know that the community college can provide that training, that they do not have to go proprietary, that we can provide that for them. And how we do it is by making sure that they have the numbers of students that we would need to be able to support it, right? We're not gonna do training for one or two, we need to be able to do training for a large number, a relatively large number of employees and if they see a future where they are going to need a specific type of workforce whether it's in the hospitality industry in the technology industry what that workforce looks like what their needs are so that we can develop programs to meet those needs
2: that really kind of speaks to you know our ideal or a strong industry partner and you, know, you mentioned you know that there's you know we're really looking to do things in full capacity, meaning, you know, just perhaps maybe just not, you know, in small doses, but rather really engaging with an, with an industry partner, an employer or employers of the same sector, and providing these trainings and resources to them um, to help upskill their existing workforce. And to do that in magnitude really kind of requires us to be in alignment with industry partners, knowing that that's, you know, that's an element or a... Maybe not so much a requirement, but it'd be best if scenario. When we talk about that ideal or, or good, you know, productive industry partner, what might that look like for you big picture wise? So an industry partner
0: would be someone that is not necessarily just one entity, right? We can work with, for example, if we're talking about the healthcare industry, we can work with not just one hospital, but multiple hospitals, because they all operate and have the same types of needs. Um, and so if we can bring together a group to provide and develop training that services a broader region. That's not only helping the employer, but a broader economy, right, a broader community. So that that's really important, that we can touch beyond just our local partners, that we can have Multiple entities come together that provide the same type of service, whether it's the healthcare field, let's say hospitality, technology, or automotive, right? We can provide training to not just Toyota and Nissan, but we can provide training opportunities for Toyota, Nissan, Ford, BMW, so on and so on, because they're all doing the same type of work. And they have the same types of demands if we're talking about things, for example, like customer service or general you know, services that they provide to to their customers. Another good example of an an important partner for us is someone that provides opportunities for our students. So in our career technical programs, we have many short-term certificate programs that prepare students um, for very specific roles within a sector. And so part of the training in in many of our CTE programs includes on-the-job training, where students would benefit from having that experience in a real, Live setting. It does a number of things. It introduces them to what the real workforce is like, what the day to day is like. It provides them contacts. It provides them someone that can vouch for them. So if we have someone that does an internship at a local at a local technology company, they may not hire them for a permanent position because they don't have it. But what they've done is, is they've given that student the ability to say, "I know what it's like to be in the field," and. This person, I have a contact now, can vouch for my work. And we know that goes a long way when young people are looking for their first opportunity in the workforce, right, is they need someone to vouch for them. They need that reference, and they need to be able to say, well, I may not have had been paid for the employment, but it was part of my training. This is what I've done. This is where I was, and I had an opportunity to have that type of experience. That goes a long way in the job hunting realm for them.
2: That's right. Yeah, so true. So true. In our previous conversations with Jackie Javier, who's our, as you know, our work-based learning manager, program manager here for the college, you know, we really did a deep dive on that too. It's, it's, it's the, the build of their employability skills, the build of their network. And, And oftentimes we under, we don't really underscore the value or, or amplify the value, I should say, of having our students in the workforce doing the day-to-day and complementing the work that is being done in the classroom with their experiences with our employers. And it builds, you know, for me, I often think about what are some pathways that we can develop? You know, pathways, that word pathways gets used a lot. You know, you and I both know it being in, in this world of academia, but what could I'm always looking at, like, what could I do? Like, what could I do as an ED of Economic and Workforce Development? What could I do to improve upon this pathway development? Whether it's pathway development to work-based learning and, and on-site experiences, or it is you know, development in non-credit-to-credit matriculation, whether it's development in actually creating a pathway to employment, you know, I'm always looking at, You know what are some of the optimal opportunities that we can leverage now and have our students really experience that? So based on your experiences, where do you think that we? Because I struggle with this sometimes, maybe because I'm still in the learning phase myself. But where do we, as in academia, get it right as it relates to you know pathway development, and where do you think we should improve on, or what could we what what needs to get improved? Do you think?
0: So I think what we know today, we used to call students. Uh, many times in community college are non-traditional students, right? And non-traditional is now really more, I think, our students. It's who we service. Very few of our students do not work. Very few of our students do not have or have some type of financial hardship. Most of our students are first generation. Um, You know, we can talk about all the reasons that our students need extra support, especially in the community college system. But the one thing I think we undervalue is the fact that most of our students have employment of some type. And I think in retrospect for myself, that's been both, um, and some people may say a detriment, but I think it's also been a very positive experience that we use students' experience in the workforce to teach them and how to move on from there. Right? Everything in every job we have, we learn something. You learn how to manage your time, you learn how to deal with public, customer service, maybe you're dealing with money, maybe you're dealing with medical records, whatever it is, you're learning a skill that can be applied to a future profession or career. And so I think it's really important to help students early on in their academic career when they start the community college as part of their pathway to start to hone in on what are their their skills? What are their interests? In what general field do they see themselves in 10, 15, 20 years? So that they can start early on tapping into that part of the workforce. So for example, if I know that I am a business major or I like that field or that's what I'm um, leaning towards, then maybe I should start looking for a job in something linked to that industry, right? So that as I move on in my academic career, my work is somehow supporting that as well. So I think as part of our pathway, we need to impress on students the value of the work they're doing now, because most of them are gonna have to work. And what better way to advance their academic as well as their professional career by starting as early as possible in getting their feet wet in that. In whatever it is right if they think they want to go into psychology then maybe working in an education setting is to their benefit right working with students working in a daycare center working right. in a hospital uh and doesn't mean that they're going to be a teacher or a daycare provider but those experiences do lend themselves to a in the general area of maybe psychology or social work or something in that in that field so part of our pathway work is to tap into or have the the tools that we need to help students tap into what those interests they may have. And then the other part of developing pathways that's really important in the community college is trying to get students into and out of their pathways and into the workforce or into a transfer program as soon as possible.
2: Yes, for sure. We know
0: that moving students and and moving our communities up that socioeconomic ladder requires them to have training and higher degrees. And so the sooner we can get them into those training programs and completing of a higher degree, the faster they're going to be able to move up that ladder and support their immediate community.
2: I'm glad you said that because it really shares and underscores the importance of removing barriers for our students so that they can move quickly through the training through the certification through their academic journey here and get them straight into the workforce. And as you said that, it made me think about really our efforts here at EWD in developing programming for our employers around DEI, the one around the work of diversity, um, equity and inclusion. And the our efforts our efforts in incorporating equity access, not only within the workforce, within the existing workforce, is also very, very true and has always been true here on the academic side of the house. The success of our students is dependent on the removal of barriers. What are your thoughts really on how we as administrators, as a community college system, as a community, really incorporate incorporate equity access into our education model?
0: So I think when we talk about, when when I think of a workforce and equity, a lot has to do with preparation. And I think of my own experiences as a young adult, and I realize that um, working with young students that they sometimes don't have the tools or someone to explain how to do certain Things that maybe other students, because of their background, because of their experiences, because of their support network they have, they have access to. So one example is, it seems very simple, but writing a resume and showing up to an interview. Right. That's huge for a young person that maybe has never gone through that, Mm -hmm. that maybe graduated from high school, didn't have a job, and now is realizing, hey, I need to have money in my pocket, I want to go to school, I need to get a job, how do I start? How do I start to put together a resume? How do I start to communicate to a potential employer that I'm a good candidate? And so I've worked with young people and said, look, when you show up to that first interview, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to dress. This is how you want to present yourself. This is, you know, you walk into a place of business and what do you do? You introduce yourself and you ask for the manager. Believe it or not, right. that is not easy for someone for the first time without having any direction. Right. So, those are very basic skills that we need to be able to provide at every level, right? They a, a young student doesn't have to go see a career counselor to learn that. They can learn that from almost anyone in that works in a community college because we've all been through it. Right. So, Part of it is, is empowering all of our employees, staff, faculty, counselors, managers, that they all play a role in helping elevate our students. And right. those small uh, pieces of information are really critical to help somebody, not only in, in, let's say, acquiring their first job, but also in asking for help. You know, many of our students are intimidated by walking into a learning support center. Or don't know what questions to ask when they see a counselor they kind of just show up maybe and wait for to see what they're told right so I think that's a big part of supporting our students that maybe don't have that type of support network outside of the college
2: right I I would agree with you a hundred percent and I I would even go further into saying that our employers play a very important role in that too in working collectively with instruction, um, in working collectively in the classroom at the Freeman Center at et cetera, et cetera. It does take a community to nurture and develop our, our new talent. It really does. And I'm so thankful that you said that, that it really just doesn't fall on one entity of the college. It falls on everyone's really mm-hmm. plate, right? Cause that's, that's what our right. student is here to do. Our student is here to move forward, right? And Mm -hmm. this, this onward, or upward, I should say, you know, social mobility and, and improve their economic vitality. And that is certainly what we're here to do at the college. And, and I would, I would, I would even go as far as saying, you know, we've had to really retool, right, and reconsider the way we provide those services, whether it's in instruction, whether it's in economic and workforce development or in the classroom, we've really had to and we you know we've shared these conversations and in, in previous episodes of really flipping the model on how we conduct business within academia to ensure that our student is still getting the quality instruction that they deserve and as well as those wraparound services for them. I had some serious key lessons from it. <laughs> One of the key lessons for me was work faster, work quicker. You know, sometimes we think about you know academia being not as nimble, not as flexible, not as responding, not as responsive. When in fact, we, I feel we were. I feel we were incredibly responsive. I feel like we turned on a dime, and that really took the efforts of an entire community college. And I- I've had some certainly some key lessons. I mentioned, you know, were there, were there any key lessons for you? in your experiences, right? With an instruction about retooling and, you know, reconsidering some of the services that we offer to our students.
0: You know, one of the things I have learned from this pandemic, and I think we all knew it, but we all know it, but it, it kind of really brought it to the forefront for me in talking to students. And I have kids in college, so they have also shared that with me. And it's the value, the value of connection. And when we talk about equity, when we talk about guided pathways, when we talk about helping our students move up the socioeconomic ladder, all those things really come back to one thing and it's community, right? And that's the bare bones of what a community college is. We're about community, we're about connecting, we're about connecting to our local community, we're about lifting the local community. And so to do that in a remote environment is completely not against what to me community is. And I've heard it from students, they miss mm-hmm. being on campus. They miss connecting with their faculty. They miss walking in the quad and seeing other students and just the, the, you know, even if it's not direct, but just the connection of knowing they're in an environment with a shared focus, with a shared vision for them is so valuable and they miss it and they need it. And we've seen that because I think across the state, probably across the nation. We've seen that students have opted to wait, to wait on their education, which is a tragedy. It is, it's a tragedy. They have waited on their education because they want to have the experience of what it means to be a college student. And everyone's experience is different, right? Like I mentioned earlier, the non-traditional student to me is almost nonexistent. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Everyone's a non-traditional student now because, you know, students work, they have, commitments outside of school, they're not just students. There's so much more to them. They're so multidimensional. And so, yeah, the pandemic and working remotely has definitely brought to the forefront the purpose of the word community and community college. That's what we're about. And I think that's key for us moving forward.
2: Absolutely. And fortunately, unfortunately, however, you know, however we like, you know, we look at it, our community needs us at the fundamentally community within our within our system of community colleges to support and to bring that connectivity back to life even through a remote setting has been a, a lesson for me as well thank you for sharing that and speaking of which in thinking about community and connection what might be a way that we you know we can continue this momentum or or continue the value, I should say, not momentum, but continue the value of community and connection during this time? And, and how could we be our community be of service to to you and to your efforts? Again, reminding and
0: keeping Pasadena City College at the forefront of our business and industry partnerships is important. So making sure they don't forget us. We are not closed. You know, we are still servicing uh, our students, our community, we are really looking forward to being able to come back uh, slowly. We know that it's going to take time and a lot of work and a lot of a lot of things need to be in place for us to be able to come back safely. Sure. But we need that and we're looking forward to that. And again, making sure that as the community, as the workforce partners start to uh, bring back their businesses and find a need that they know they can turn to us. For support and to be able to help them um, develop their workforce needs as well.
2: Very true. We're still open for business, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> still, yes, we are. <laughs> we are still serving our community to the best of our capacity, and we just want to do more of it. That's what I heard. Thank you so much, Dr. Ramirez. It's been wonderful. We're thankful for you again. Thank you for choosing us as your as your family, and we look forward to continued efforts with you and continued
0: work. Thank you so much. This was, this was great. And I look forward to coming back.
2: Thank you for listening to the future of work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform. So you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things future of work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.